Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, the podcast where we learn from cybersecurity experts how to stay safe, private, and secure on the cloud and in code. CSCP is hosted by Francesco Cipollone, your cybersecurity friend with a passion for all things cyber and sharing stories of other professionals with you. This episode is sponsored by AppSec Phoenix, the next generation application security platform, enabling organizations to run application security programs in a smart way. Visit www.appsecphoenix.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast. Today, we have an amazing returning guest on the podcast. She's been with us from the very first season. We saw her growing. Uh, we saw and we evolved with her uh, from the initial Mentoring Monday conversation all the way to Series 2 and now in Series 3. So I welcome back Vandana Verma. Vandana joins us uh, with a new, fresh title and hat of Senior Developer Advocate, also known as Security Advocate Leader, even though not everybody agrees with <laughs> And I'm pretty sure uh, somebody in Sneak, without mentioning name, might have a vision of that. <laughs> but it's, it's a common and practical joke. And Vandana joined us also as with her second hat as Anoa's board and vice chair for OWASP uh, and also she can talk about all the other amazing projects she's been involved in. But without further ado, Bandana, microphone to you. Give us a little bit of background of who you are for, for the very few people in the internet that doesn't know still who you are. That's so kind of you to say. So I work for a very amazing company that think about developer first, Sneak. And when it comes to my open source uh, communities where I love to contribute my free time, so as you mentioned, I am quite neck deep into OS. That's what I feel sometimes now. <laughs> I'm a project leader. I'm a chapter leader. I am on the board. And I have donned the hat of a, a committee leader as well. So I'm involved in a lot of things around OWASP. And apart from that, I do run some diversity initiatives um, like InfoSec Kids, InfoSec Girls, InfoSec Diversity. Now, these are different initiatives for different reasons, different aspects. InfoSec Kids is for the kids of different age groups. The content is curated in a form where kids can understand the film Mm -hmm. stories, animations. Now, when it comes to girls, we are trying to target more and more first-time speakers, women, people from different backgrounds to join InfoSec. InfoSec Diversity, we recently started because we want cybersecurity not just for the cybersecurity people, but for the common people as well. Mm-hmm. Like what happens to the Facebook frauds? What happens to the people who are trying to make to, to lure people via Instagram or all of these things and the normal banking frauds that we see? Right. So we're trying to address those. And that's about me. Fantastic. Inclusive, diverse, and the, and the true face of Snake <laughs> to the developers. So well done, Snake. But we have a tradition, Vandana, in the new format of the podcast that uh, we we kind of give a little bit of an overview of the industry, or you know, tell us what's in your opinion working, what's not working, uh, and you can choose a topic. You can choose a, a, a whatever topic. Sure. So what is working is that people have started to realize that security is utmost important, uh, especially the last few months, or I would say year and a half has taught us a lot. Mm-hmm. Where the people who never thought they will go 
on cloud, they have moved to the cloud. And then at the same time, they realize the importance of security while moving there. And a lot of organizations which had the best of security, but still they got breached. We saw attacks like solar winds, pipe, um, colonial pipeline attack, and all of these things, which actually became talk of the town, even the common people understood. So I think we are going in right direction, but there's so much more that we all have to do and all organizations have to do. Right. And I, I, I do agree, but it is becoming in front of the newspaper and and it's becoming in the face of, of a lot of, uh, you know, non-IT people. So before it used to be, you know, IT people kind of knew what cybersecurity was. Right now, everybody is kind of aware of, you know, the good thing is uh, multi-factor is getting more and more pervasive. So I'm really happy about the initiatives uh, that uh, kind of call out the website that don't have multi-factors. And I think it's getting the norm. Password manager are getting more the norm. So I think there are a couple of, uh, if, if anything, those are a couple of cybersecurity wins that we, we expanded on the common folks. And I can't say that because, you know, even my mom used a password manager. <laughs> so for me, that was a big win. Yeah, that's such a good news. Like our parents, uh, when I used to tell them uh, that security, I, I work in security, they never knew what cybersecurity is all about because that was not the need of the hour at that time. Now, if we talk about right now, most of the people understand that what cybersecurity is all about. It's such a big space. It's such a huge space and need of the hour. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's, it's getting more pervasive and uh, if anything, it saved us the time to explain what we do in life for like two hours and a half. Everybody say, oh, you're cybersecurity. Maybe they 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 hide you with a hacker, but you know, normally normally it's not it's not an overextensive discussion. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you are deep neck deep right now in 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 open source and and application security. So tell us more about uh, you know what what you're seeing uh, from uh, as a developer advocate. You must talk with with a lot of organization and companies. So without naming names, what are the common trends and what are the common things that you see? from a developer community and security? Are they getting more aware of security, less aware, or are we getting better with them or not? So the answer would be, at least from my perspective, the people that I am communicating with, that they are getting more aware about it. Now, all thanks to the products that we have in the market, all thanks to the developer advocates that we have in the market, at the same time, the social media. I think that has become a big, big boom for it. Because let's say ransomwares, right? I'm just talking about like a random thing. Ransomwares, earlier people were aware about it. Maybe no, maybe yes, some people, but some people did not. Now when it's in the news, people are getting to see that. People are getting to feel it. Oh, this is a problem. Similarly, with when we talk about DevSecOps, everyone on the internet is saying, DevOps, DevSecOps, DevSecOps, DevSecOps. So these are the things that booming into their head. Yes, okay, this is what we need. This the category. Then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah. So when you need it, you say that, okay, this company is doing, I'm going to pick it up. But this is not how it goes. Every company is different. So a lot of companies are becoming aware that we need to have our own DevSecOps program. program. And a lot of organizations, amazing organizations are sh sharing uh, their vision their workflows, what they've done, mm -hmm. like sharing their own story is, I think that's the best thing that we can get. And even the startups are coming up with such 
amazing stories. Right. Yeah. And I have actually one. Uh, I was chatting the other day with another fellow startup. I was advising on a couple of things like multi-factor. And, all of, uh, and, and out of the blue, they mentioned, oh, by the way, we achieve ASVS level two. And I was shocked. It's like it didn't mention any other compliance other than ASVS. So that was like amazing. You guys are great. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very, very commendable where people are getting to wear those hats. And at the same time, when we are talking about cloud native approaches, so people need to understand cloud native application security as well. Yeah, right. Because yeah. Uh, traditional security has not been that easy. Wherein people say, oh, we, everything is in-house and secure. No, when breakage happens, that means you don't have, so it's like a rain which is coming on you and you don't have an umbrella for that because mm. you think that everything is secure within the four walls. Yeah, right. Uh, traditional approach is not is not anymore sufficient. And, you know, blast radius and reduction of the blast radius is something. And also, you know, cloud is, is becoming code. So even infrastructures, infrastructures are code. Everything is becoming code. So you don't have any more those, you know, protective walls, I guess. What do you think? I totally agree with you. But let me tell you one thing that I'm a huge fan of infrastructure as a code. I'm a huge fan of threat modeling as a code, anything that talks about automation, getting things faster. But there is something that, like with great power comes great responsibility. So <laughs> I love that sentence. <laughs> I use it all the time. <laughs> tell us, yeah, tell because, us. So if, you, if you're using such scripts, such formats, which are spinning up the instances, spinning up the whole environment super fast, Mm -hmm. That means we need to make sure the code that we have that's being checked properly, that's being tested properly. If there are any loopholes that can be uh, checked early in the uh, in the shipment itself, or maybe when it's going to the people. So now, when you have shorter period, when you have automation in place, and when you're testing it automatically, or with the automation, I think it can be it can do wonders. Right. One thing missed. It can be problematic. So I think we have to consider both the faces. Right. I do agree with that. But at the same time, I disagree. I, I think I, I was talking with Sarah Armstrong Smith and a few other people in the industry. And we were saying, you know, we all love DeSecOps. We all love the speed. But I think sometimes it can, it can play against the security team because we don't have the time and the skills for actually understanding or getting up to speed, you know. It's the security team now that needs to go in the developer ground and have those discussions. But not always everybody is, is at the same speed. We already have a skill shortage. So I think I love the speed and I love the fact that the security team needs to serve the developer, but also there needs to be some empathy, I think, on the other end. And the two teams working really together in the, this kind of weird vision that is DevSecOps. I totally agree with you. Then that's when the, the developer advocacy role are kind of uh, coming up and I've got my new role as that. But on the Depending on who you're talking with, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but to be practical, if you think from a perspective that uh, we need developer first, we need DevSecOps. So at the same time, we need to educate our developers because it's not their core responsibility to take care of security. It was never. It is now, but it was never. So right. we need to make sure that we start sharing what we know. Mm -hmm. And in this whole process, 
security team will also get to know that what is there in the environment because right. if we talk about those uh, waterfall models or any other model that we had in the past what used to happen testing used to come in the end and being a road blocker we have, i have been that i know i've been there done that and uh, it felt the pain <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah totally totally so i would say that we need to share our knowledge with the developer community with the people who are working on ground who know the code in our inside out similarly goes with the the qas not just developers but the qas as well because they test the environments they test the pre prod web applications so it's very important to keep them together mm-hmm. with each other invite them to our parties or not just not the, just the parties parties not have come party act- because they don't exist anymore <laughs> <laughs> Even though it will be actually quite interesting to see a bunch of developer and QA people at Def. Uh, actually, I saw, I saw much more of them at OWASP rather than uh, DEFCON. Uh, they'd be more technical, but it's, it's, it's interesting to see the shift. Yeah, maybe maybe you never know that they can be the best of security people because I have some friends who had developer background and now they are amazing security people. I think they know maybe more than me. So... it's just that how you vision how you take a look at it and how you approach it right. because uh, when you are assigned certain work you'll try to do it the best way possible but then suddenly everyone start pushing things on you you will be like this is not part of my core job mm. so even if i do it or don't do it it's fine or if i just use it as a checklist oh okay okay this the, these checks are done and i'm done so yeah. i think we don't need to do that we need to be friends with them we need to un- understand their pain make sure we understand we make them understand that what pain we go through because right. empathy for, yes empathy right that's the right word for it yes it's very very important from both the sides and i think in the beginning security needs to be more empathetic empathetic and more considerate about it right and and i totally agree with you and the devsecops uh roles or the devsecops engineer embedded in in few dev team is is quite key and quite critical but it's not scalable so sometimes it's not scalable because what i've seen a lot of time is that the devsecops kind of role get dragged into okay you're the security person you resolve vulnerability that's that's the challenge how do, how do we how do we avoid that because traditionally in organization there are a handful like few very few of of devsecops people security champions that's the right word for it if we create security champions if we have a good security champions program i think that's the way to go that's where we can we don't need to be available 100% mm-hmm. security will never be a road blocker it will be an enabler and we right. might come in the end we might uh, think about new ideas to secure the environment we just don't need to be like oh did you do the code review did you do the testing did you do this are we using the same version uh, of the code which we tested so all of these things wouldn't come then so security champions will take care of it uh, if i'll tell you my own stories i think i talk about it a lot wherein there used to be scrum meetings and very freshly i joined this uh, the whole process of devsecops from waterfall and i was like okay let's do it let's do it then they started having scrum and uh, for one good fine day they had a feature release before that they met for it and the meeting was pre-poned by half an hour when i went to the room 
there was no one. And I started asking people that what happened? They said, we preponed the meeting. I said, I didn't receive the invite. Oh, we missed it. So the whole point was that the, everyone was joined except the security team. <laughs> now the... <laughs> Yeah, let's let, let's avoid inviting security team. I said we invited you, you didn't show up. <laughs> so that's what it took me six months to have that trust mm. relationship with the teams. That yes, I'm here to support you. I'm here to have the same vision as you have for the for the application, for the product, for the organization. And after that, I think that helped me a lot because. Oh, I remember after that, there was one more release wherein they didn't have to wait for the scrum call. They just came even before the scrum meeting and said that, okay, these are the things that we are planning. Do you think that is, they are good? They're not good. And we started doing a lot of design reviews, threat modeling. I think the trust is very, very important and enabling the security champions, which you feel, okay, this person is good to be a champion. So let them advocate for you. You don't have to be an advocate all the time of security. This episode is brought to you by the generosity of AppSec Phoenix Limited. AppSec helps startups and enterprises solve complex software security problems by using smart data aggregation and complex machine learning software. Discover how AppSec Phoenix helps CISO and developers remove friction and maximize the use of DevSecOps professionals at www.appsecphoenix.com. AppSec Phoenix is the new and smart dev-first way to manage your software vulnerability. Follow the tag, hashtag AppSecSmart. Right, and, and and I think that that works. But then, if you flip it on the other end, and you know that that's that's my battle with uh, AppSec Phoenix, then you have to kind of get the other rest of the organization along because the battle that we we're constantly fighting. And then I saw first line and uh, in the line of fire, you know, is okay. We finally get the DevSecOps program in place. We get the security champion somewhere, and then the developer said, you know, focus just on features. You know, and, and there is like a massive backlog of both features and improvement and most importantly, security issues. So how do we get the, the whole organization along with, you know, focus on security, focus on, you know, we have to solve this problem. It's all about application security posture management, understanding where do we stand, understanding the kind of maturity that where, where we are, because it, it has to be measurable. That where we are uh, right now and where we were six months back, three months back, it is very important to capture that. Because if you don't do it, that means whatever you do, you'll be at the same point even after six months, one year. and you'll be Well, like, you wouldn't even where? know if you're at the same point. You might be worse, oh, yeah. you might be better. And I'll play down. What does OWASP have to offer for us common folks that we don't know about our posture? What can we use? What project can security, we use? OWASP SAM. Security Brilliant. assessment maturity model. That's one of my favorites. And I think all of the projects are my favorite. Maybe I'm too biased about it. So I would say OWASP SAM, you should truly look at. And uh, not to miss that there are many other things which are around application security verification standard, which yes, can help yes. you assessing your, yes, ASVS. Like that gives you, uh, the test cases that you can test against when uh, when you know that, okay, you are at level zero, level mm-hmm. one, level two, level three. So based on your own assessments, judgment, 
you can take the steps and i would say start with zero That's and also you have the start. security stories and uh, i think uh, there is dsom as well that is the DevSecOps version of SAM. So that there are so many resources out there. And as, as yeah. you rightfully say, the, the project don't have a lot of spotlight. So talk us maybe a little bit more about the spotlight project that you're running. <laughs> oh, that that's I think that's one of my favorites. So spotlight project I started last year to make sure that the projects which are part of OWASP get their due, get their spotlight. There are some incredible projects and i think if you want to set up the security uh, posture in your organization especially startups if i have to say you can just go ahead look at ovasp i think ovasp has everything one needs for the whole devsecops program so you can do it for free you don't have to spend any money on anything right. so uh, yeah and i think uh, if i have to talk specifically about project spotlights uh, i'm covering each project covering like 15 minutes on that what it is what it does and not the presentation it's more of the practical where you can see the project what and it how does to use it. how how to use it where you can contribute to it because right. i wanted to contribute to so many projects and i was like oh i want to do this like and, i know and, we need more vandanas uh, that i i made that request to us but they say you know we can't clone vandana yet <laughs> <laughs> that's so kind of you to say but i'm sure there are many more amazing people than me who can do wonders it's just that they need to know about it right. uh, if you don't know about it you will never work and uh, to all the leaders who will listen to this podcast please do let me know reach out to me for the spotlight i've been reaching out to each leader each project leader so that their project gets covered and 20 projects have been covered so far so rest are still need to be covered and there are numerous projects so let's get the right spotlight for each of them and get to know them yeah and actually on that subject i wanted to cover something that maybe we don't talk enough in in OWASP that is you don't necessarily need to be a security person or a developer or anybody can contribute and and this is actually you know the spotlight or other stuff is communication so you don't need to even be in security to cover OWASP we can volunteer and you know help with the marketing help with advertisement help in in a lot of ways right yeah totally even maybe you want to provide some inputs on the language so you can do that if you know a specific language and you th- you feel that there are people who uh, in your country uh, that might not be so comfortable with english or any other language so you can actually get help you can give help helping hand for converting it to into your specific language i've seen ovasp top 10 in many languages ovasp asvs in many languages ovasp web testing guide in many language and not just that you can help with grammar you can help with any spelling correction anything like the minutest of thing that you can think of that yeah, right. really really helps because it Be- is all volunteer driven because developer you read on write this in english as <laughs> i do i don't <laughs> but actually communication is so important especially if we want to cover especially if we want to cover the trust of the whole organization and there is spelling grammars in a report and other stuff executive pick on those things like hooks It's like uh, it's it's really important to build the trust. But actually, since we're talking about that, uh, tell us a little bit more about the other project you're covering. Like we we talked slightly in the intro 
on InfoSec Kid and InfoSec Diversity. Talk us more about the activity that you have more or less planned for those. Sure. With InfoSec Kids, we are trying to bring more kids, more awareness to the kids and their parents. Because like it is so important, me being a parent, I can understand how what a big challenge to do the homeschooling. It is so tough. And understanding what kids are doing on the internet. Because you don't know what comes up on the internet when they are watching a YouTube video or, or something on Facebook or maybe something else. They don't understand. Kids don't understand. And as parents, we can do something about it. We can be there for them. So it's important that parents also understand what are the challenges which exist in the in the wild. And I have heard a lot of wherein people say that, oh, this has happened to them. It will never happen to us. You never know what can happen to you. Uh, and I was I was speaking with one of the police officers. Uh, he has a very good analogy wherein he says, it's not my child syndrome. But remember, it's not my child syndrome. Is, uh, oh, okay. It's like, oh, it has happened to that child. It might not happen to my child. Oh, right. we are very well into it. But you never know till the time it happens to you. Uh, this is a wild world. We don't know when the cybercrime happens. And they are try- trying to target the kids more. We've seen so many cases all around the world, not just in India. So we're trying to cre- curate the stories, mm-hmm. the content in a form wherein kids understand, okay, this is not the right thing. And similarly, uh, parents understand that, okay, these are the things that we can do. So there's no enforcement, but just the storytelling. Okay, these are the stories that we have heard. And we don't want anyone to get trapped into that. Yeah, and then maybe if we can, it's it's a shout out that I always do to the Innocent Life Foundation from uh, Hadnagi. That is one of the projects I I support uh, on on the more dark side of, of those things, of, of targeting ch- uh, children. And, and we currently run uh, a fundraise uh, to actually raise funds for them. It's called InfoStep. We, we actually walking like miles and miles to raise fund and awareness on this. Uh, so, and, and, I, and I subscribe the whole AppSec Phoenix. So the whole team needs to walk at least 10,000 steps by day. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I think it's important. I think, uh, as you rightfully say, uh, kids understand and digest information in a very, very different way. So having something that they can relate, they can keep their attention and digest in a different language uh, and in a more direct approach, I think is important. And I'm pretty sure a lot of parents can watch those videos as well, <laughs> right? And what about InfoSec Diversity? So InfoSec Diversity, we started to include everyone, not just the InfoSec people, but everyone. And when it comes to content, we are trying to get information from different people, from police officers to lawyers to any common person so it will be the awareness the education the the kind of content that is needed for the normal people like what is infosec why do i care about it when i have a smartphone what are the things that could go wrong where can i look at so from infosec diversity our angle is simple to educate normal man normal common normal woman like common people even especially we have seen cases wherein elderly people losing money <laughs> and i think this have been in the news so it's it's very important to educate everyone around it 
I know that this is a bit hard and this is this needs a lot of push. So we are going to try our best wherein to curate the content for them, to, to be there for them as a listening ear to, to the extent that we can do. Right. No, and, and, and I like the fact, you know, I, I always uh, pass my whole family through cybersecurity training. And I was so proud of my mom when she, she went from the traditional black book of passwords to that, that actually is, is not bad as well. You know, if, it's an improvement to actually the password manager to asking, oh, but this site doesn't have multi-factor. Uh, it's not secure. <laughs> I love those things. Like when when my my own parents start uh, start telling me, it's like start telling me about security thing. But maybe uh, in order to 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 circle back on the more security and and, and more into your role, I think we have the, the world is changing and we're getting more into cloud. COVID has definitely shifted the, the, the landscape towards cloud. So, what is in your vision, in your view, what is the blueprint for the future what is the the team you know do we are we are we still going to have DevSecOps, dev and ops teams or dev and cloud team or what do you think the team is going to do and how they're going to build up in the future i would say that the concept of different teams are going to dissolve i think we've started seeing that now itself wherein earlier we used to have dev ops and security team now we have DevOps working together and security chiming in every now and then, or maybe trying to fit in. So that that whole concept is going to go away. I And I think that's going to be for the good because now as a security person, I know how cloud is working mm-hmm. and I need to understand the basic tactics, techniques, all of that. At the same time, uh, developers, developers, testers, operation architects to project managers to everyone is trying to understand what security can do, what security does, and how things go. So that that's going to be a blurry line, and especially cloud coming into picture. Cloud is here to stay; it is not going to go away so soon, right? Because now it is becoming a thing. So, which means for the upcoming few years, we will see that the lines will get blurry. Everyone will say that, oh, okay. Uh, these are the things that we need. And, and and I'll tell you something funny. Maybe sure. this is just my analogy that now when we talk about JD's job descriptions for a fresher, they will look for experience around five years. Mm-hmm. They will look for experience in dev, ops, and security all at once. And oh, <laughs> we I, don't I, know. Exactly. But aren't we actually on that? It might be a joke, but it's also... Uh, a bad thing because the gap was uh, the, the cybersecurity skill knowledge gap is, is increasing consistently. So despite the fact that we're dropping some of the maybe network issue or network element, in order to understand and be able to talk with developers, you need to know about cloud, about development, about CI/CD pipeline, about network, about infrastructure as a code, about application security, uh, risk, uh, communication. <laughs> You know, isn't 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 it anything a bit too much? Anything. Exactly, isn't it a little bit too much that you need to have at least two masters and ten years of degrees for an entry level job in cybersecurity? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be, and I agree. It's not a joke. It is something we have seen in the past few years, and we need to rectify that. We need to fix it now, or it's going to grow so big it'll be hard to fix. Right. And I think we try to fix, we, we, we're already getting ahead of the curve by having the developer 
and mm-hmm. everybody in the organization caring about security because there will be less and less really experienced security people. If you take the role of, of the DevSecOps person or the security champion, is like a unicorn, is somebody that knows a little bit about web, uh, a full stack engineers that knows uh, about security, about cloud. You know, it is a really, really unique person. And there are fewer and fewer of them. That's why, for example, with AppSec Phoenix, we created a platform to, uh, to enable everybody in the organization to actually understand what the heck AppSec is and <laughs> where do I start, you know, and, and helping also developer to get up to speed with the prioritized backlog. You know, we try to solve that problem or the skill gap from making it really dumb <laughs> or really simple yeah. to to digest. And I think that, that that's going to tilt the tide. But what's, what's your take? What do you think will solve or um, how do we solve this, this, this problem? So if I talk about the skill gap, like how we can solve it by making people aware, and especially our recruiters to start off, they need to know that, yes, even if the person is 40% good mm. and they have the right attitude, then I think that person can be a good fit because right. you can learn maybe in a month or so. Actually, I have a great have- story on, on that because I had a, a, a cybersecurity recruiter that has joined us as a DevSecOps person. I started, wow. learning, I started learning about development and now from <laughs> recruitment to security, like a full-on security engineers, we, we, we onboarded him uh, because we partner up with Flatirons and Makers here in London to actually help also people reskilling uh, and also mm-hmm. shout out to Capslock that is helping people reskilling in cybersecurity. And, and the amazing thing is, you know, um, we saw people using previous job skills in cyber and, and achieving completely different results. Uh, so shout out to Denise Cruz that has converted a nurse into a cybersecurity risk assessor and she's doing an amazing job, <laughs> you know, and, and, and th- th- that's, that's amazing. So congrats to Petra for, for actually doing that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think from my perspective is, is reskilling people and honing in all those skills, you know, cyber is, is nothing is nothing different than um, other job, I think. So I think from my perspective, we need to do more of that because, you know, otherwise we'll become a very, very, so we are, as an AppSec family, we are a very, very small family already. I, I agree. I totally agree with you. And reskilling, upskilling is very, very important not just in AppSec, but anything we talk about in cybersecurity. I mean, Jim is, Manico is doing a great job at, about skilling this. <laughs> right, right. I, I'm a huge fan of him. He's doing such wonderful job. And similarly, I'm a huge fan of Tanya. Yes, like, of course. She is a rock star. Yeah. So <laughs> I think these people are creating, these people are setting up the, the stage for uh, all of us to grow, all of us to share our insights. I In the future. And the future yes. of, of, of the security people, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see people from those streams joining us and, 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 and you know, implementing more and, and helping us more. Yeah, totally, totally. I think that was a, a positive message, but I, I, leave you, I leave you giving a positive message on cyber. Are we getting better? Are we getting worse? Leave us with a, with a really nice positive message. That's the tradition of, of the podcast now that we're coming close to the time. What will be your, I- your positive message? I would say I have all the positive things around because I'm not looking at the negative things that are there in the whole world. Because if you start looking at negative things, you'll see negative in everything. 
But if you start, okay, we can do it. Even if you move a pinch of salt, I think you are making a difference. And everyone in the cybersecurity industry, literally everyone is trying, giving their best, making the efforts to change that. So it's going to happen. It might be a slow change, but things will move for sure, for positive. Amazing. Think positive and project positivity in the world. I think in this sometimes dark and, and scary world, it's what helps uh, not only in cyber, but also in life. So yeah. Bandana, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a wonderful and positive and empowering conversation and all the best of luck to your role and great catch to sneak for onboarding such an amazing <laughs> professional. Thank you so much, Vandana, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Francesco, your host. Thank you for joining and thank you for listening. Stay safe. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and post it on social media tagging Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Discover other episodes at www.cybersecuritypodcast.com.